Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. To the ladies on the topic of living in this world. And so I'm going to literally take it right out of John 17, 14 through 19. And in this portion of scripture, we find the Lord is actually just praying for his disciples. In verse 14, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I don't pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And this portion of scripture is where we hear that phrase, be in the world and not of it. So I literally just want to talk for a few minutes on the subject of be like her. Verse 17 here says, sanctify, meaning to literally set apart for God's special use. Set apart by what? The truth. What is the truth? Jesus says literally here, God's word is the truth. So the question tonight is, how do we maintain a sanctified life in a world that has adopted the ways of the enemy? We simply look to his word. He's prayed it over the heart of his disciples. And what's incredible is that when he was praying this verse, he was thinking of us too. We're his disciples. So that means we're set apart and sanctified. He didn't pray that we would be taken out of the world, but he put us in it. And all he simply said is to keep them from the evil one. So ladies, we all know that we need to be like Jesus. He is the supreme, the ultimate example. However, his word included this precious insight of some very powerful women who show us a thing or two that can be applied to our lives. So I want to just focus quickly on three things at large to help us to remain set apart for his time. And so first I want to look at Hannah. Be like Hannah. A woman most known for her faithful prayers for a miracle child. But what some of us may not pay attention to is that while she was faithfully praying for this miracle child, she was being tormented by a rival wife who already had the children and felt the fulfillment in the thing that Hannah wanted so badly to have. The Bible says that her rival provoked her severely year after year. One year, she just, she had enough. She had enough of the daily taunting, the yearly empty answer. You see, once a year, they made a pilgrimage to Shiloh to worship there, to offer their sacrifices. And according to rabbinical tradition, this particular year, the year that Eli thought she was drunk, (laughs) this would have been her 19th trip while being married to Elkanah. See, according to rabbinical tradition, according to the law, 
If by 10 years your wife did not produce children, you were allowed to marry another wife so that your seed could continue to, to be sown. And clearly Hannah was not able to have children, so he brings in this woman to provoke Hannah. Hannah went to the house of the Lord year after year. And scripture said that she was provoked sore to the point that she would not eat or drink while she was there offering the sacrifices. You can become so distracted by your adversary that there's meat in the house of God. And you could starve yourself spiritually to death, focused on the adversary, focused on the enemy, the offense, the bitterness. Yet despite the bitterness, the soreness, her discontentment, Hannah was faithful. She was steadfast. She was relentless in the thing that she wanted so badly. Be like Hannah. Because even though she watched her Penina get blessed, she never stopped going to the house of the Lord. If you show me someone who makes 19 years worth of empty trips to the altar... I can show you someone who's about to give birth to the prophetic in their life. Don't quit coming. Never stop making your trips to the altar because your blessing is on its way. Your answer is right around the corner. Be like Hannah. Another way to remain set apart in this world, how to live in it, how to live with this, is to be like the widow of Zarephath. I love this story because what's so interesting is that she's a woman known for her obedience to the man of God. Ultimately, it was the obedience to the command of God that saved her and her little boy. We don't know her name. The Bible didn't see fit to include her name. However, we know where she's from, Zarephath. Zarephath was a city in the region of Sidon. Interestingly enough, Sidon was the region and the birthplace of wicked Queen Jezebel. So we can easily assume that this widow, she didn't have an upbringing with the Hebrew God. She didn't know the God of Israel. But also, based on how this story goes, we can assume that she had faith in him and she believed in him. This man of God, Elijah, was sent. God literally said, hey, Elijah, I know this angel just took care of your food, but I want you to go to this town, and I want you to go knock on the gate of the widow of Zarephath, and I want you to ask her for a glass of water and for a cake of bread. So he goes to this town, and he finds the widow of Zarephath, which tells us that she was the only one in that whole town that did not have... A provider, a man, a husband, someone to help till the land. He was gone. Someone to help raise her son with her. She was by herself. And he approaches her while she's gathering all these sticks. She was literally gathering the sticks to make the fire, to put the flour and the oil together and make a cake, and then die. And he approaches her and he says, ma'am, give me a glass of water. And she literally, as she's gathering sticks, drops them down, goes to get the water. That's not the issue. And then he says, by the way, bring me, bring me a little cake of bread. She turns around. 
Can you imagine a woman trying to provide for her son? She knows they're about to die because there's only just one little bit of flour left and one little bit of oil left. And he says, bring me a cake. And she says, um, I'm going to make this, feed it to my son and myself, and then we're going to die. This is all I have left. The Bible says, Elijah says, do not be afraid, but instead go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. There it was. All she needed, someone who wasn't familiar with the Hebrew God, all she needed was the promise of a miracle. Be like the widow. Obey it. The world's fate is already sealed. But if you can come under the umbrella of a man of God, you will be sustained and set apart for his special purpose. Be like her. And you know, just for fun, right after this in the word of God, I'm literally, I'm right in here. And we know she gets the miracle. We know that every morning she goes to the the little jar of, of oil and it's there and the little bit of flour and every day she's she's got this food and I'm thinking what because right after that we don't know the time the time but the Bible says that her son he gets sick and he dies and Elijah then goes and carries him upstairs to his little loft guest room area and he prays over him and then he carries the boy back down alive and she sees that her son has just been raised from the dead and she said now I see that you are a man of God, and that this Hebrew God is real. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, what? You don't, Lord, Lord, you don't need to, you don't need to kill one of my kids and raise them back to the dead, and for me to realize that you just restocked my pantry. Imagine if you were the person, if you were her, and you go to your pantry, and you scrape out the last little bit of Skippy, and you slap it on the last little bit of white Wonder Bread you've got, and you divide it into the little morsels and feed your kids, like, here, have your last little bit of bread, and then we're going to go die. (laughs) And then just, you go to bed, and then for nostalgia's sake, in the morning, out of habit, you just open up that pantry door, and there's a brand new jar of Skippy and a fresh loaf of bread. I don't know about you, but I'm going to notice that. I'm going to be like, wow. Lord, you did my meal planning and my grocery shopping. Praise the Lord. But what I love here is that she did not hesitate. She did not air out her grievances. She did not give her laundry list of excuses as to why she shouldn't feed the man of God. She obeyed it. And she was saved. And her family was saved. Lastly, I want to talk about Deborah. She was a, no, a woman known for her spiritual giftings and her wisdom. Scripture does not specify how she got to this level of trust. However, we know that she was the only female to be called a prophet in that time. She was the only female to ever judge Israel and the only one described as performing a judicial function. You go, girl. That's awesome. But what's interesting is right before we're introduced to Deborah, we know that Israel falls back again and does what is evil in the sight of the Lord. Oh, Israel, 
And now they are under the Canaanite bondage. And it's been going on for 20 years. And all of a sudden, Israel cries out, Oh, Lord, save us. We don't like this slavery. And then all of a sudden, and there's Deborah. Underneath the palm of Deborah, she's wife of so-and-so, mother of la-la-la, and she's a prophetess, and she's a judge. And I'm sitting there thinking, what, what, how did she get to that point when all of Israel, everyone around her, is doing foolish things, worshiping Baals, offering children as a sacrifice, putting up Asherah poles, making idols and worshiping them? But here's Deborah doing her thing underneath her palm tree. How did she get there? How do, you, how do you get a tree named after you? I mean, think about it. That's like a biblical landmark. That tree was named the Palm of Deborah. And I think about it. Well, if you're going to get a very specific tree named after you, you're probably under that tree quite a bit. She probably left to go take lunch breaks and tend to her children, but she was there. And everyone who needed to be judged for their discrepancies or whatever was going on, they went to that palm, and they got judgment from Deborah. God used her. She was already a prophetess. But how do you get there when everyone else around you is being disobedient, stiff-necked? You have a prayer life. She was a worshiping warrior. She found encouragement and strength in worship to be obedient to everything the Lord was asking her to do. If Deborah had played it small in her life, she would not have had the experiences that led her to being used by the Lord to deliver Israel from bondage. She would not have had the wisdom and the revelation to judge disputes. She would not have heard the Lord's strategic battle plans as an intercessor. She would not have extended her compassionate mother's heart beyond her family to all of Israel. She would not have brought healing and empowerment to an entire nation. The Lord prepared Deborah in the secret place of her worship, which helped her to grow in confidence in hearing God's voice. Her intentional connection to God through worship gave her confidence as she discerned the time to go to war. Barak literally would not go to war without her. He said, no, you got to come with me. I'm not, I'm not going to do this without you and without your sure word. The Lord will do the same with us. As we go deeper in relationship with God, he will guide us to clarity around our call for this season of kingdom work. Be like Deborah. Ladies, go deeper in your secret place. It will keep you balanced and steady in this untoward generation. Like Deborah, she was surrounded by a generation of sinful, disobedient, and lost people. You stand out to him. You'll be able to use your spiritual gifts to aid the lost around you and stand strong against the unwilling. And like Deborah, you will know when the enemy of your soul is creeping around and waiting to attack. You will already have the battle plan. In fact, there are some of you, the Lord's already been stirring up the gifts. And as you go deeper in your personal time, God is going to start pulling it out of you, little by little. You're going to be used underneath your palm. People around you and your family, they're going to know, oh, 
that's her chair. That's the chair of Sister Donna. This is the nook right over here of Sister Bidinger. This is the quiet place of Sister Tara. You will be known because if you are already in your private place, God is stirring it up because this is the time. We're in a war. Be like Deborah. So how do we live in this world and remain sanctified? Like Jesus said, set apart. Lord, keep them from the evil one. We don't quit coming to the house of the Lord. We get underneath that umbrella, that protection, so that we have protection. And we go deep in the spiritual. We start hearing the voice of God, discerning things, operating in the giftings that he has for each and every single one of you. That's how it's done. Amen. And as Brother Travis gets ready to come and speak to our men, ladies, I want to just close this word out quickly with, and just ask the Lord to, to pray and, and to help us to receive it. God, we just thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you prayed this prayer, and while you were praying it for your 12, you were thinking of us. We are your disciple. And Lord God, you have set us apart. You have sanctified us. And you are keeping us from the evil one, Lord. I pray that you would help us tonight to remember these strong, spiritual, wonderful, biblical ladies as an example, O oh God, to glean from, to apply to our lives, and to give us strength and to give us wisdom, Lord God, in these end times. We pray it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.